This is part two of my conversation with Doug Cooper. If you haven't had a chance, go check out part one. The episode is called Hermit Crabs and Sheep. In this episode, Doug talks about how he fell in love with coffee, what led him to start Goldberry Roasting Company, its impact in Mexico and around the world, and the importance of giving back. Doug and I are sitting in his roastery, which makes this episode even more fun. This is the How Did I Get Here podcast. All right, Doug, so tell us what led to the birth of Goldberry Roasting Company. Okay. I, from when I was, uh, I probably sixth grade, I went to a, um, a water park, like where there were slides, like big slides. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to the concession stand. It was down in Mohican State Park. Went to the concession stand and they were serving coffee. And I said, I'm going to drink coffee. So I did. I ordered it. I poured like a gallon of milk and a pound of sugar in it. <laughs> and I drank coffee. And then I decided that, that the sugar and milk part were a lot of work. I was too lazy. So I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink black coffee because that's manly, right? So I started weaning myself off the, co- the uh, sugar and milk. And, and I realized that coffee was bad without sugar and milk. <laughs> so um, I, I got on this kick that probably took me um, a couple decades of trying to find better coffee. Um, so I kind of was in on the ground floor of the Starbucks thing, you know, Starbucks comes along and they're the first company that makes coffee sexy. Do you remember when that was? Do you remember the year or like time frame? Do you remember when that was? Um, I don't. I wish I could tell you. Um, it, it was in the fuzzy years. Okay. Um, like you- I, I probably was good with drinking, you know, pretty poor stuff until, I don't know, it was probably the... Somewhere between in the eighties and nineties. Okay, but you remember when Starbucks? Yeah, became I, a yeah, thing. I do. Okay. And I don't remember first hearing about them, but I remember, you know, this is like, this is a different kind of coffee. Okay. This is a gourmet coffee, um, and so I I started drinking Starbucks and trying to get it, you know, by the bag and buying it from them, which was cool. Um, and then you know, it's like, well, there's got to be more to life than this. So I started ordering other coffee from different places or buying it from Pete's or you name it. Um, then I started ordering it and then started getting it online and just trying to find the best coffee. And all the time I'm studying and learning, it's like becoming this thing. I'm, enthu- I, I, I'm becoming an enthusiast. The more I read, the more I study, the more interested I get. And, um, so finally somebody said, well, you know, um, you can roast your own at home. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. And so I remember getting some, we call it green, the unroasted coffee, green coffee. Mm-hmm. I remember getting some from somewhere, I don't remember where, and uh, taking one of those whirly pops and put it on my stove and, and roasting my first batch of coffee that way. Uh, and there's smoke and there's chaff and it was a mess. But it was cool because you could see it transforming from this green thing to coffee. Do you remember when that was? Do you remember how old you were? were you, oh, well, I had kids at home. Okay, I was going to yeah, say, do you I remember mean, stages This life? was probably in the last 15 years. Okay, all right. So I'm 57, so do the math, right? Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, and 
I, I bought a, then I bought a home roaster, a little thing that made like a half a pound at a time. And we have a lot of friends, we have a lot of people, and what, like, you probably get it by now, when I'm into something, like, every, I drag everyone in. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I'd be like, I roasted this, I did. I roasted this coffee, and you have to try it. And they'd try it, and maybe they're humoring me, but they'd be, this is good. And so eventually they're like, this is good. How can I get some? So well, I'll get you some, and I'll sell it to you. And so I started doing that. And so at one point in my basement, I had four or five of these little home roasters, and I was roasting them in sequence so I wasn't um, blowing fuses in my basement. <laughs> um, and I was trying to sell stuff. And, and so... Um, then I ended up getting a small commercial roaster about 10 years ago. And um, that, that cranked things up a little bit. Um, in the meantime, I had done a lot of studying of the coffee, the origin of coffee. Like, it doesn't grow on a shelf. Believe it or not. <laughs> it doesn't just grow on a shelf. It has to get here from somewhere. So looking at how it's grown, who grows it, and um, looking at like most of them are small family farmers with really tiny farms and they're, you know, it's just in this limited part of the world and um, they make next to no money. And um, a lot of communities in the world are reliant on growing coffee. And if coffee's good, things are good. If it's bad, the whole community suffers. So um, I had decided that um, you know, I was going to start to sell more coffee, and my son, Nate, Pete's younger brother, happened to be headed to um, Peru to do a mission trip. It's one of these things where he was going with a group. They were going to be there a week. It had been three months before the last group had been there. It's going to be three months until the next. They're building a, um, a an orphanage, and this orphanage has taken like a decade to build, and these kids are going, and there's very little impact on the community, great impact on the kids um, and I happened to be roasting and drinking a cup of Peruvian coffee while my son's heading to Peru and I'm, I love mission trips I've benefited for them my kids all went on them but I'm thinking you know what like for sustainable impact even you know kingdom impact it's not quite it and all this stuff came together and said well what if we would go to um, some of these communities and like just buy coffee from them. So would you say that this is the point where you realize that the coffee thing is going from I want a better cup of coffee and I like making co roasting coffee for my friends and this is a hobby to now this is going to have some kind of life and or global impact. Is this kind yeah. of when this yeah. started to change? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. and I was afraid right. you were going to say ministry, and I was going to say, uh, I don't know if I'd call it ministry, because I, but um, yes. Okay. I, like, you know, it's one of those, like, we're, and everything connects. Hacks. Yep. It's Hacks. like, oh my gosh. Because um, I'm a free market guy. Like, don't buy stuff if it's not quality, just because people are that are selling it are needy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, like, the, the market runs on value and we should pay what things are worth. And so there's that. I, I love the idea of, of helping people. That's just in me. Um, I love the idea of people knowing that the help came from God. I'm not like a traditional evangelist. It's not my, my thing. But 
we bring good news. And I want to bring good news to people who need it. So all this stuff comes together, and my my simple solution is we, we should go to some of these, like let's let's find a community in all of the growing regions, the major growing regions. So there are four or five of them, and let's go partner with them, pay them more for their money, buy it directly instead of going through middlemen, um, pay them more so it stimulates their economy, uh, support them in other ways. Bring the money or bring the coffee back here, sell it, roast it, sell it, make a profit. Um, they they prosper, we prosper. It's all cool. Um, so that was the model, um, and that was going to be Goldberry Roasting Company, and so this was ten years ago. So my first opportunity. So that's how it started. Okay, that's how that's how Goldberry Roasting Company started. Um, the name Goldberry is from the Lord of the Rings character. Uh, Goldberry, who is the wife of Tom Bombadil, and um, she represented hospitality, restoration, healing, um, all of the things that I wanted Goldberry to be. So my idea was we'd have this for-profit business that would go and help these communities simply by paying them a higher price. Um, so I was talking to a, a person, I was working in a business, and I was talking to a, a sales guy who used to call on us we were serving our coffee, my coffee at this business, and I was telling him about this idea. And he's a believer. And um, he's like, you know what? I have a guy at my church that's from a, a community in Mexico that sounds exactly like the kind of place you're looking to, to work in. Mm -hmm. Would you like to meet him? And I said, yeah. So we met up in Medina County of all, I mean, talk about the wilds, right? Um, we met at a, a Mexican restaurant. His name's Jaime. At a, at a Mexican restaurant and we met, you know, for an hour and we got together probably a month later, met for another hour. And he was telling me, showing me pictures about where he was from. Um, and I looked across the table and I said, hi, mate, we just, we need to go. And he's like, well, well, wait, what? <laughs> what? We need to go. And he hadn't been there for decades. Um, so we were virtually strangers. Uh, we ended up deciding to go to this, this community um in, in in mexico that's very remote um very impoverished and very reliant on coffee when we got there within days of me seeing the real situation that i never seen before uh, of this village and the coffee situation and what poverty brings to a community like that i realized the way i had this figured out wasn't going to work um it was naive, simplistic. Um, so um, when I came back from that first trip, I was like, it's inevitable. I'm going to have to start a nonprof to do um, the development work that's necessary there. Um, and this Goldberry thing, we'll roast coffee and sell it, but keep it kind of in the DL for a while till we have enough relationship to get a lot of coffee and then roast it. So that was 10 years ago. And um, Goldberry was, has been very small. Um, it's always been a second thing for me while I you know, kept a, a, a consulting career or working for other people. Um, and um, in the meantime, we've been doing work in Mexico. Um, it's taken 10 years to get um, from, from the time we started there, their coffee was so bad quality-wise and the plants were so bad that um, 
it's taken us 10 years to help them upgrade their coffee plants and their processing. So the, that spot in Mexico, that's your main part. That's Goldberry's main partnership or that's their, just that their is, longest part. That is our, our, that is the only place that our nonprof with, with very tiny exceptions right now, that's the only place we're investing okay. in, in development. What we, my idea of having like five or six communities, maybe someday, but like there is so much work to be done there. And that, that, um, I decided, well, we really have to figure out how we're helping people before we go and screw up too many communities. So there's a, there's a direct effect on, as a, as a consumer, buying Goldberry coffee and development of this place in Mexico. Yeah, because Goldberry, so, so the nonprof is called Coffee Growing Community. And Goldberry um, works to support that financially. Gotcha. But also it is taking, so right now, um, Coffee Growing Community is totally volunteer base. So we're trying to support ourselves with with Goldberry, so that we don't have to um, burden the nonprof with overhead okay. as much as possible. So we partner with this office space and with administrative stuff. Goldberry funds a lot of that stuff. Um, but the idea has been, you know, we would love to move to other communities. I I have opportunities that are kind of developing in Kenya and. Uh, Ethiopia and Cuba and Honduras and and Haiti, but I've been like, eh, like, no, we got to make sure that we're we understand how to really help these people. Yeah, one step at a time, kind of thing. Yeah. So Goldberry um, has been kind of slowly um, forming, and we got our brand out there, and people in our community, and you know, and a little bit beyond, um, really have come to value Goldberry. Um, and so when we, a year and a half ago, when we decided to expand and Pete came to me and said, Hey, I'd like to like, can, can I join this and help like make it something bigger? We decided to do it. We decided to get a bigger space. We got the big roaster that's right there behind you. That beautiful piece of machinery. It is a very beautiful piece <laughs> of machinery. I've been in here real quick. I've been in here a couple of times and it's really cool to watch Pete operate that thing yep. and just kind of see yep. it do its thing. And yep. yeah, it is cool. Right, thank you. Our concept then was, well, you know, we're roasting co a coffee we sh and we're selling wholesale. That has been our thing. Coffee shops, churches, businesses, individuals online. Why don't we have a place in the front where we can just brew some coffee, have people taste what we do, and reintroduce them to the unique flavor profiles from Origins and black coffee. Not espresso, not, you know sugary drinks but black coffee and i will say real quick nothing against those types of coffee drinks nothing at all but i greatly appreciate mm -hmm. that model i mean as as like someone who appreciates that flavor profile of coffee that style of coffee like you say black coffee and just tasting and picking up the the different notes because of where it's from the variation the variety i appreciate that and i think that's one of the unique things about your space and about goldberry is you know, we, we talked about this earlier. It's it's not, quote, a coffee shop. You know, it's a roasting company. And I like, I even just like the way you phrase that. Like, taste, 
come in and taste what it is we do, what we have, mm-hmm. and then you know you can decide what is it that you're gonna buy. And yeah. I, I think yeah. that's that's something as a coffee lover and someone who loves culture and understands even if just a little bit the impact that coffee itself has on a culture. I really like that. I like that 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 specificity of you know what we're gonna roast coffee and we're gonna allow you to taste it mm-hmm. in that state yep. and then you know basically you decide from there. I yep. really like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. It really does. Uh that because that's that's what we do and if you if you remember in our last podcast I said stay in your lane. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We have a lane. <laughs> and we want to be the best we can in that lane, but we don't want to be in other people's lanes. Um to geek out on you like as far as uh, Goldberry and Coffee Growing Community how they come together like this sounds like a lot of romantic, like kind of poetry, but what I've come to find out is, for the most part, especially small gr- coffee growers, um, the coffee that comes from their place is a product of their homeland, um, the place they love, uh, the work that they do. Um, they they care for it. They care for the plants, um, and what we get is bears their identity their geography um the work the the craftsmanship and they they like one they provide us this little trip to all places all over the world and we can taste it and we can taste the difference it comes from ethiopia it tastes like ethiopia and if you drink much coffee you know what that should taste like absolutely yeah uh but then there's ethiopia you're good chef then there's Ethiopia, Jima, smaller regions. And we all like where we're from, right? And we want people to know about where we're from. And so they send us that coffee, believing, putting all this work, that their identity is going to be in it. Do you think that that is part of what's missing in the world that you and I live in, you know, in, in, in the large consumer world? Do you think, when we talk about coffee specifically, do you think that that's part of what's missing in the consumption of coffee? The, the, when I say that, I mean like the, the time and effort to stop mm-hmm. and think yeah. and process, yeah. hey, this thing that I'm enjoying, it's from a place and that place is representing itself in the very thing that's sitting in my hand and the very thing that I'm consuming. Do you think in the coffee world, obviously we could talk about it from all kinds of veins, but as you have been a coffee roaster and this is the world you now live in for the last 10 years and obviously you drive by coffee shops every day mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's different styles of them do you think that's the thing that's missing when yeah. people understand like the the craft the craftsmanship that is coffee yeah absolutely and and also yeah that's that's why i've i think i've chosen this lane because it um coffee you know people come in here all the time and say oh well i just want coffee and i'm like just coffee is all we have, but what kind would you like? Because like for six bucks, our most expensive cup of coffee, you can, you can go and taste something that came from the hard work of Guatemalan farmers. They picked it by hand. Every bean that's in that cup was touched by hand and um, then treated a certain way so that when it comes in your cup and you're paying six bucks, you know it's going to taste a certain way and it represents that place and so that's like with our farmers in 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 mexico what we've trained them or i shouldn't say trained 
the idea that we've exposed them to, that they've embraced, is that you can sell your coffee for really cheap and become this part of this anonymous wad of Mexican coffee. And it's going to taste like Mexican coffee. Or you can create a, a, like a micro market of your coffee from Sierra Norte de Puebla. And you can make it unique and really good. And when people taste that, they're going to taste what you make. They're going to taste what, you know, the product from Adan and Chelly and Horacio and these and, and Pancho and these guys who are growing that coffee. And when we taste it, we'll know it. And that's what elevates the price and you get more money for it if it's, you know, quality and if it's consistent. And to me, like, that's what people are longing for. There's this, now I've got a, a correlation, a relationship between this thing I'm paying. I mean, six bucks is a ton of money for coffee, but yeah. it beats traveling there, right? Mm -hmm. So I can take this little trip and I can actually somehow relate to these people in other countries who are presenting this gift to me that, that we call coffee. Um, and that's a really geeky, romantic explanation, but what, it's what drives me. Have you, how has the impact of a couple of things, how has the impact of Goldberry been on your community of Ashland? Um, one, as a business owner, um, as a Christian business owner, mm -hmm. yeah. as, and the part that you just talked mm -hmm. about, um, I talked a little bit, of, I talked a little bit to, about this with Pete, and have you, have you noticed your reception and maybe even the understanding of what it is you're doing lean more to, lean more into the direction of, hey, this coffee thing is more than just, I'm groggy and I need something to get me going for the day, it's, it, I, I liked what you just said, this little trip. <laughs> like that phrasing as a mental picture is so yeah, great yeah. when you when you when you think about that I'm gonna totally steal that by the way yeah. um steal away. <laughs> so, steal away. so sure so, someone so, else has said so it so how how have you seen that how have you seen that impact Ashland yeah, specifically yeah well it's it, it's been amazing first of all you know the the nonprof is coffee growing community and there's two there's two ways to 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 take that one is coffee growing coffee hyphen growing community which is who we help but it also is this idea of coffee, which is growing community. Hmm. And so in, in Ashland, we're starting, we're, we want to be a part of, and we're starting to see that coffee is growing a sense of community. And there are people here that we've never known in the past, and they're coming in here because they want to try this little trip. And they're getting to know each other. They're introducing each other. They're hanging out together, which is exactly what we want to see. Uh, but we, I've been really pleasantly surprised how people come in here and are realizing when they see our menu that there are these, you know, different countries represented by coffee and they read the flavor profiles that there's almost this indulgent look in their eye. Like, I'm going to try me some Chima. I'm going to take me a little trip to Ethiopia mm -hmm. here in Ashland, Ohio. And it's really cool. They, they, they're getting it and they, they enjoy it. And it gives us a chance to, so tell me about Jima. Well, here's, here's what's unique about it. Here, what, here's what you like, what, what you wouldn't like. And people are finding that just coffee isn't just coffee. Honestly, it's been a surprise that in North Central Ohio, people are taking to that idea as well as they are. And it's not just young hipsters. We have people, 
you know, we have people who are in their 70s and 80s who are coming in here just like, they're just happy yeah, to so, come in and try stuff. So I got to tell you the story real quick. So the very first time I came to this location, I, I had your coffee before coming to the location. And and maybe, and this will speak to to the impact that you're having. So I had a friend of mine who's from the Ashland area and they know my love affair with coffee. Mm. And they said, hey, you know, we have this place in town and I bought you this and I want you to try it. Nice. And so they bought it and I tried it and I drove all the way from <laughs> from Worcester. That's an inside joke. I drove all <laughs> yeah. the way from Worcester. All the way across the barrier. All the way, yeah. I drove all the way back here. And it was one of those days I, I was just, I, I woke up that day and I was like, you know what? I have so much to do. I really just, it'd be great if I could spend some time out of the office and just sit and, you know, put my nose down and get some work done. And I thought, man, that, that coffee is worth driving over <laughs> there for to have that cup and then have it be a part of the scene that is going to be my work day. So I came here and, you know, I was greeted by, by Pete and, and there was a young lady working behind the, mm-hmm. the counter. And, and so I sat and I laid all my stuff out and I started to work and I got a lot of stuff done. And the thing that I was most surprised by, I actually went home and said this to my wife. I was shocked by who was walking in and out of here. Two things. One, I was really impressed with and surprised that Pete knew almost everyone's name. <laughs> yeah. I was really surprised yeah. by that. It caught me by surprise. Yeah. Like, wow, this yeah. this young guy, he knows everybody's name. And then secondly, I walked, and I saw, you know, there was an older lady that came in, and then there was another older lady that came in, and then the older gentleman that came in, and, an old, and I thought, man, this is, you don't really see older people coming into a coffee space like this. You don't really see older people coming into, you know, yeah. And doing doing what it, like uh, I should say appreciating what it is that you're doing, yeah. so I that I want you to know that that resonated with me. I drove home. I drove all the way back to Worcester, <laughs> and I I walked in the door. You know, my wife said, "How was your day?" And I explained to her it was, and I thought, and I told her, I was like, "Yeah, I worked from there today." And and I remember sharing that with her. Like I thought that was an interesting observation that he knew everyone's name and just like the demographic mm-hmm. of the people that was walking in here and I thought it was really cool so it's good it's interesting awesome. that you mentioned that yeah. well thank so, yeah. you for saying that that really does like because this is what we want and you know because because it's more than just coffee it, it is the, this is just an extension of church right and I want people to feel like they're loved here and not because we want to sell more coffee that's cool I, I do I want to make a, li- a good living off of this but mostly we just want people to feel significant here and um, we had a, a couple that came from Loudonville, which is, you know, it's it's not that far away, but they came in here um, a couple of days ago. And I said, well, I hope you, I was just kidding around. I hope you didn't make the trip just for Goldberry coffee. And they're like, well, we kind of did. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> really? And, and that kind of thing is just so cool that they, you know, they, and they said, well, we'll be back probably next week for some more coffee. Um, but yeah, I think, when we, when we, first of all, it's, we've tried to stay simple. And when people come in, I think another thing that it says to people, even the older people is, yeah, Ashland isn't dead. Hmm. We can still do new things too. And like, we're not just hacks. Like we're, we can be finesse people too. I think it says that to them a little bit, but I think a lot of the older people just Pete and I, Pete does a great job of, he's got a amazing memory. But we try, even if we don't know their name, 
we try to remember who they are, what they like, what geographies they like, and that matters. <laughs> yeah, I got real quick. That I forgot about this until you just said it. Um, I obviously don't know the lady's name. The lady walked in and Pete said, "Hi, so and so. Are you thinking about another cup of manana today?" And I said, "Man, this dude is that's good. Like, yeah. That's like that that little move. I'm gonna call it that." I'm speaking just purely as Cedric here. Like those are the types of things that make me go to places. It's those are the types of things that make me hop in my car yep. and say, "I'm gonna go yep. to that place because of of that touch yep. of of what of what people of what that place is is a, is doing and doing well." Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's this is really interesting. I'm obviously not gonna say who it is, but a couple of people have said to me. Why do you drive all the way over there? Why do you drive all the way over there? You know, which again, I just think is hilarious. But because everybody knows your name. Yeah, and, yeah, right. And and I, I said, well, the coffee's worth driving over there for, and the space is worth driving over there for, and that just the vibe that that yeah. that that thing that kind of exudes out of Pete and out of yourself, and mm-hmm. so that that's that's interesting Thank you, you mentioned that because yeah, like, I I was surprised by that as well. He said he said it, he said it in one breath. You know, he said welcome, called their name, and he said, Are you back for. For it, you know. yeah, yeah, so, so it's well, cool. thank we do cherish those words. I appreciate you sharing them because it, it it is what sustains us. Um, we we're training a, a guy. Uh, his name's Jack, and he he's a nineteen year old college student. And we just had, he was here for his first time of training, and um, I said, Jack, here's the deal. Like, there's this is simple. We serve coffee, but here's the thing. When Here's the one thing that I'm going to be adamant about. When people come in the door, they got to know that you're happy they're here. Every time, no matter how you're feeling. Mm. Like every person that comes here has to feel like they have a friend and that they can be here and they're among friends. And um, to me, like, you know, going back to the last podcast, that's my, that's how I minister. Um, That doesn't happen in a church program. It happens because I'm motivated by Christ to give the hospitality that he gave me mm-hmm. and we do it through excellence um but i can tell you that if our coffee is bad someday <laughs> and somebody feels um important they'll they'll come back yeah and if they leave and say i didn't like the coffee but man like i felt important that's the main thing What's the most difficult thing about running, owning, operating a roasting company? Cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> working capital. Uh, yeah, to go real businessy, um, working capital uh, is with any small business owner. But when we buy, we buy inventory of coffee, and we have to buy it, you know, in some quantity, so it it scoops out cash flow, and um, you know, I, I always have to balance. Um, you get a better price when you buy more. Balance that, but then we've we didn't know we were gonna have to hire part time people. We've had to hire three now, uh, getting them paid and getting all, all of our bills paid and getting you know all of that stuff done is is the biggest one. The other one is like Pete and I aren't used to getting up at five every morning, <laughs> and um, that's kind of been a challenge. And we're trying to figure out how to avoid it, but it's just unavoidable. Um, I'd say those are the biggest things. Because your hours are what? When? What's uh, the weekdays we go. We we open at seven, but you know you get up at five five thirty. You come in. We get in there between six and six fifteen. We have to make sure that the coffee's being made and that everything's squared away and that it's clean. And 
Um, so we open at seven and we're open till two on weekdays. And then on weekends, we get to sleep an extra on Saturdays, an extra hour. We open at eight and we're just open till 12. But in the afternoons after two, we do things like podcasts in here, <laughs> uh, but we also have wholesale stuff to deliveries to make and bagging to do. And so we have to close early so that we can have a, a sane work day. Otherwise we, you know, close at night and still have all that work to do for yeah. the wholesale. Yeah, I've always heard those those types of things about being a small business owner. Um, you know, just like just like being a pastor, there's just so many things that people don't know what we do. And I'm sure being a small business owner, it's funny you mention that because uh, I had said some something to someone and they said they're only open until two. You know, <laughs> just yeah. that, that yeah. but they have no idea what that means. Like they have no idea yeah. that your day started at five thirty, <laughs> five five thirty. Yeah, well, and we're <laughs> conscious of that too. And we're and, you know someday like we may we may open longer. Right now, it's just out of necessity. Um, and, and but um, yeah, it's those are our hours, and and um, you know we're making a go of it. We're holding our own, and. Um, are you happy that Goldberry has moved out of your basement? <laughs> yeah. This makes me real happy. Um, I, you know, I'm a consultant. I don't know if we talked about that. No, we but, have not. But my bread and butter right now, Pete's getting paid and, you know, I'm trying to pay him well enough that he can be blessed too. Um, I'm, a, I'm an organizational development consultant and I, I do that four days a week, um, which is great also. Um, but the idea that this is actually being well received and that I can come in here, you know, in the mornings, every morning and on Wednesdays and Saturdays and, uh, and, you know, see how it's going is, um, it's really, I'm an affirmation guy. And when it was in my basement, people were affirming the coffee, but they weren't coming in here and, you know, talking and having conversations and that, that affirmation of what we're doing has been really gratifying. What is your absolute favorite cup of coffee? And, oh, I don't even like coffee. And, <laughs> and, and why? why? What's, oh. what's, what, let me rephrase the question. What is your favorite little trip to take through your cup and why? Yeah. I have, I have two tracks. So one track is like we have um, whatever the, the current like small lot of coffee that we get, you know, we... We get small lots sometimes, like right now we have a uh, India. Which I've tried and is very great. Like so yes, it was, I, yep, Pete, I walked in here and Pete told me about it and I, and he's like, what do you want? And he listed off a couple of things and as soon as that came out of his mouth, like that, that's the one yeah. I want. Yeah. And it was not overstated. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, India, Mizor, um, Extra Bold Nuggets, it's called. Um you know, it's, it's not crazy exotic, but it's different. And my part of my tongue likes that. Like, so right now that, uh, we have some, some ready for this Guatemala, Huehue Tenango, Las Rosas, Queixa. That's $6 a cup stuff. I've, I've also had that and um, it is, it's very refined it's so good. and very, yeah, it, it's, it's good. It's really good. So, so one part of my tongue really likes that adventure. So Guatemala and India are countries that I'm enjoying right now that way. Goldberry's blend, which is um, a combination. I can't tell you what the combination is or I'd have to shoot you. That's but, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, want to know it. The Goldberry's <laughs> blend is what I developed a long time ago. I said to myself, if I could only drink one coffee every day and I, didn't, I couldn't drink anything else, 
I got to design something that I would do. So that's what Goldberry's Blend is. Hmm. It's just right down the middle of the fairway. Um, it's rich. It's comforting. It's not crazy, and you don't get tired of it. Shout out to the golf reference. I, yeah, that, yeah, that, right down that, the fairway. I don't know if it's three hundred yards. That's right. Yeah, you may be, you yeah. may be becoming really close friends. Uh, that <laughs> that shout out to the game of golf just warmed my heart. I appreciate well, that. <laughs> I appreciate that too. You got to you got to know your audience. Right? Yeah. No. So, so that would be the other like. Every time I drink Goldberry's Blend, I'm like, oh yeah, this is really. I just like this. It's hmm. like a old hoodie or yep. you know your favorite pair of jeans so that's the that's the cup of coffee that if you had to drink for the rest of your life that's it it's didn't have any other choice if i had to drink that every day i would drink it and i would be happy yep goldberry's yeah blend. that goldberry's blend oh we haven't talked much about this but what is your what does your wife think about all this um she as you might imagine is very uh supportive um she's uh She's got her own full-time job, um, and she. Uh, the more we've uh, made this a family business, um, the more engaged she's gotten. But she doesn't like. She's not like some <laughs> some spouses. I won't say wives. Some spouses where like they're interjecting their opinions and their noses into things. She's very um, respectful, I, I guess, of of knowing you know where I sit and where she sits, but. Um, when we've added the family element of having Pete and and then um, the element of, like, if you would have come in at 7.30 this morning, my wife's mom was here. She's 87, uh, picking up some coffee. And, uh, you know, that whole element, I, she's, I think she's seeing more of the vision come to life. And I think, um, you know, that's making it real for her. Um, and then I think the next step is to see some income come from it <laughs> and that'll make it more real for her. Um, is she a coffee drinker? She is. What? It's one of the things that, and she would, she would agree. It's one of the very few things we have in common. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is a more, she is more particular about her coffee than I am. Um, she, she, uh, I, I love coffee. I'm an enthusiast, but she. She's very, um, she knows what she likes and she knows what she doesn't like. And uh, we have coffee, we have a really nice coffee maker at home. And we, yeah, that's something we definitely share is our love of coffee. So this is, I mean, you just said she knows what she likes, mm -hmm. but you know, we're both husbands. So mm -hmm. the real question yep. is, do you know what she oh, likes? Oh, yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> she likes her coffee darker than I do. She likes uh, darker roast and um, she doesn't like acidity. So like a, a good, um, well, the Kenya, when we, we, when we roast it dark, or um, the tuxedo, uh, or um, Sumatra. No acidity in Sumatra. Mm -hmm. And if I take those home, um, that's, that works for her. She's happy. Mm -hmm. What was the last trip you took in reference to Goldberry? To Mexico? Mm -hmm. uh, it was in December. And um, it's, it's harvest time in, in Mexico. Uh, well, harvest is is over now, but it was harvest when we went. Um, and um, this season, is, this uh, harvest is probably going to be the first exportable quality coffee that they've grown ever. So the farm and the people that uh, the the company 
is having an impact on there. There hasn't been any of that coffee that's been served here at Goldberry. Nope. No, because uh, a couple we we've had we've had a couple attempts. We've had it cupped and rated, and we've tried it, and we've said um, it's not there yet. It's not ready yet. Nope. And we're not just going to be a charity because that's not what you need. Uh, and there have been times that they would, you know, pretty much say, just buy our dang coffee because we're desperate. And we're like, it's not going to help you. That's not what you need. What you need is to have really good coffee that earns a good price. So this, we're waiting on samples right now. And um, if those samples, uh, you know, cup and are rated high enough, then we'll start to get more of their coffee. But we're also helping them get customers in other places i mean i know the easy answer is patience but why put so much time why wait so long for for the for the for it to be for it to be right i I know and obviously you know i'm asking that question you know because we that's not that's actually not a part of our culture right obviously there's there's an age difference between you and i so our generations are different but you know, I don't, I just don't see that a whole lot. We don't, I mean, I, I'll be honest, sometimes I don't want to wait for anything. Yeah. I, mean, I know you feel that yeah. way sometimes too, but, but in this context, why wait so long for, for this specific yeah. thing? Why, yeah. why wait, why wait? Well, that you know, when, when you commit to people and you start to love them and you're just committed to them and you do what you, what it takes. And, um, we've, we love those people. Um, their family, they're, you know, they're uh, just an extension of, of our family. And um, so you bear with one another's burdens until it's, it's done. And um, we've seen progress the whole time, which is like what keeps you in the game. Yep. If people, if they weren't having progress, you know, there's probably some dysfunction going on, but we see progress and we see desire and we see hard work. And it's like, how, you know, how could we abandon them? What's the problem? And this goes with um, with missionaries, uh, with coffee companies. What's happened to them in the past before we got there is other coffee companies would go in or other um, Christian entities and they would go there and they would give them some expectations. And when they couldn't meet it because it takes a long time, then these groups just leave. They leave. And so... Our first thing when we went there um, was to say, uh, first thing, you know, in the first couple times we went is we said, we're here because we care about you. And regardless of your performance, we're here. And we're not going anywhere. So that just cleared the air. Mm-hmm. You know, that just said, we're here. And we're, as long as it takes, we're going to keep, we're going to work together. And um, that's really the only promise I've made them. What what's the thing that you wish you knew ten years ago, before about coffee, about being a business owner, about what you do today? What's the thing that you wish you knew then? The thing I've learned that it takes that it takes 10 time. years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing that I've learned. Um, yeah, uh, had I gone in and known how how intertwined and how convoluted. Um, work and quality of life and culture are and like to, pro- to, to provide some relief to any of those you pull on one string and it pulls on another and you just can't do that quickly and the trust thing 
you the only way to build trust is time and reps time and reps yep and it has to be like skin to skin like you can't build trust any other way so how would we ever think that we could do it more quickly <laughs> you know um i'm i'm the first gringo in some cases the only gringo these people have met like so i come in here and their world and you know think that i can help them well you know it takes some time for them to go okay i can believe what you're saying and trust you in in our time earlier you mentioned that the coopers have been in ashland for nine you said nine generations mm-hmm. eight nine generations yep. so do you view goldberry as a part of your legacy Absolutely. do you view it as a part of the Cooper legacy? Yes. And that's why, yes. Absolutely. Both. Yep. And that's, that's, um, you know, Pete and I have talked and, you know, I have four kids. um, And, you know, down the road for for them to be talking about, they call me G, my grandkids, to be talking about great, great G, you know, starting this. And it was for our benefit, you know. Um, is is a motivating factor and it's also why I see it and I learned this in in you know consulting with with businesses but that's also why like learning to know what you do and how you do it is so important and the values that go behind it like because um, if you have a legacy you want it to represent the heart of what what was started and so the things, the values that you pass along have to become important. And so that's why this isn't a big deal. <laughs> it's really not. But, you know, if you look down the future and you think about things in terms of, well, what about nine generations from now? Mm-hmm. What, if, what if, you know, my great, 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 great granddaughter was running the place? Um, what do I want to last and what do I want to stick? And that, it kind of sobers you a little bit. But it also kind of keeps you up at night thinking, we can't let this fail. <laughs> we've, got, we've got nine generations to take care of. Um, so, yeah, that's how I view it. And, and like, again, that's, I'm a hopeless French-Hungarian romantic. But that's, um, that's, that's the hope. What's the thing that you, as a man, follower of Christ, husband, father, grandfather... Uh, what's the thing that you have learned or recognized is vital when we talk about leaving a legacy? What's like, you know, if you put all that, if you put all that together, right, you're just, you're not just, you're not just Doug Cooper, the yeah. coffee guy, yeah. you know, just, you know, you're also G, you know, mm-hmm. so being G means something different mm-hmm. yeah. for, for a whole, for a whole group of humans yeah. that means something different than me as someone who just enjoys the little trips you allow me to take. So what, what's the thing you've learned mm-hmm. as you, fi- as you filled and continue to fill all yep. of those roles yep. that you would say, this is the thing that I've learned yep. that's vital to building and maintaining and having something that I can call legacy. Mm-hmm. Well, Matthew five sixteen. let your light so shine that they will see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Um, that's, you know, that enca- encapsulizes it, but that they will see your good works. Um, that to me, 
Um, and again, in another podcast, we'll talk about what I did at the seminary and what I continue to do with another nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. Believe me. Yeah, we're, we're booking it. Believe me. We're booking it. Um, the good works that I do are not just like telling people about Jesus. That's important. But the good works that I do are the manifestation of the work of Jesus in me. That I don't care if you're an atheist, a Muslim, uh, you know, whatever, that you will recognize goodness. And that if it's truly good, it will glorify God one way or another. And that's his business, not mine. Um, but that I can do those good works. And if I talk about it, but I'm not showing goodness, then my words are I shouldn't be saying them. They should be shoved up my, you know what. Got it. Um, it's the goodness that I can um, live out in my grandkids, in people in Mexico, and people who come into my shop, and in the quality of the coffee that I provide, in the quality of the service I provide, it, in consulting. That's goodness, and it should be um, consistent, and it should be the best I have because um, God's supposed to get like the acclaim for it and he doesn't do junk um there's there's coffee shops everywhere and i know we we we've clarified the distinction between what you do in a coffee <laughs> shop but why why should people come here like why why would what would you say to someone like just come to i know why i tell people to come to goldberry and that is going to change since you and I have had this conversation. <laughs> um, and that's going to change for the good. What I mean by that is, you know, before, I'm going to be straight up, before I came because of the coffee. I mean, like, you know, it's just the coffee's worth me hopping in my car and coming to get it. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously that's changed because now, you know, in, in a short space of time, you know, I've, we're now in the beginning stages <laughs> of a <our> relationship. <laughs> so, yeah. so, the, so the coffee is probably in short order for me going to become secondary but mm. not but mm. not obviously i'm not sacrificing the right. coffee part right. of what yeah. you know of my life if you yeah. want to call it that yeah. but so for me you know i yeah. i can tell you why i'm going to tell people hey it's worth it's worth going there for it's worth this is why it's worth if you, you know if you see pete tell him that you listen to the podcast if you see the time you listen to the podcast and that's so obviously that's going to change but why would you say to someone just go, just just yeah. come to Goldberry. Well, we, we've talked about a, having a like a slogan or a motto, and if we ever do, it's going to be pure goodness, and that's what we want people to experience. Whether it's in the coffee, whether it's in the way we welcome people, whether, but you know, going back to that last answer, I try to you know, I, hopefully, I live somewhat of an integrated life. We want people to to experience pure goodness. And we want them to experience in our coffee. So, um, you know, we don't want it to be complicated. We don't want it to be burdened with a lot of junk. We want it to be pure. And we want it to be in, in quality. We want it to taste people to, to experience as we have, to like share in our experience, to share the love that we have for the people that have grown it, for the care that they've taken, for the care that we've taken. We want them to like go, this is good. Boom. That's it. And then if people leave here and go, that was good. Boom. That's it. Um, we want to make money. We want to make money because people are affirming that goodness. And they're saying it's valuable to us. 
absolutely. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think our model, instead of just trying to sell coffee and uh, get people through here, we're trying to expose them to something much deeper and richer and um, much more, uh, it's even bigger than transformational. What's the other word? <laughs> I hate when I, I'm 57, dude. My head's a <laughs> sieve. Uh, um, uh, uh, well, anyways, that's that, that actually contributes to the, the quality of people's lives. Yeah. Like, in a good way. Yeah, not just the quality of life here in Ashland or in Northeast Ohio, but yeah. in Mexico. And, and they, they can see how it's all places. wrapped together. Like, yeah. that part of us is telling that story so people get it. And then when they have a cup of coffee, and it might cost 3 or $4, or it might be $2, but they take a bag home and they can drink a bunch of coffee for, you know, that that they're starting to get the the connectivity all of, of all of it. And they're like, this is a... Like this tells a good story. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate this time. I really appreciate you spending uh, time, not just telling the story, but uh, I really appreciate the little bits and pieces, the some of the, the microscopic parts of <laughs> of the story that really helps. Uh, I know I've learned a lot. I, I've never thought of it in some of the ways that you said it so i really appreciate that i'm going to tell you i'm going to encourage people to come here and to try the coffee and to maybe you not know, just run out of here but but also maybe stop and take a moment and enjoy it and, and spend some time talking to you and to pete and or anyone who's in here so i really appreciate that we've alluded to it um, don't think this is going to be the last time that you and I have a conversation with mics in front of us well, because there's a couple of things that we, I would love to get to. So I'm sure okay. we will, we will, Alrighty. we'll spend some time doing that. Um, well, so I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you for, first of all, your kind words. Um, and we do like, those are, those are treasured. Uh, they really are. Uh, and you know, thank you for any attention you can draw to us, but more than that, like, thanks for listening to me yammer on and on. No, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I <Yeah>. need that. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, we're good. I'm, I'm okay with that. Well, again, I appreciate it. Uh, this is the How Did I Get Here podcast. Thanks for being with us, and until next time. Thanks.